Welcome to the Cult of Comics. Welcome to the Cult of Comics. I'm your host, Tyler. That's Sean. That's Josh. And we're the Cult of Comics clan, also known as Cock. And if you've never been on the show before, we are a comic book media podcast. We are doing a comic book club episode. We're going to talk about some comic books that we read this week. Uh, Sean is experiencing uh, time travel sickness right now, and so he's not feeling too good. And Josh is uh, just getting off of work. He made a lot of time out of his day for us. Uh, so this is a very special occasion. Thank you, Josh, for your time. Uh, we know your time is precious. Uh, and let's get started. What are we going to talk about first? Dark Ages. Dark Ages. Dark Ages number one, Tom Taylor, Ivan Coelho. And this is... A good start. It's a, it's a good start. It's a, it's a strong book. I, yeah, very much a set It's of good. It's uh, 30 pages. Yeah. So it's a little longer than your normal comic. Five dollars though, not cardstock. Not the one. Is it that not I cardstock? Got. Oh, the one I got is a pretty thick cover. Um, maybe you just looked. Uh... Yeah, it looks like the regular paper for you. What's the number serial number on uh, there? That's how you can tell. One one one. One 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 or zero zero, zero, zero one, one, one. one one one. That's weird. Yeah, it should be uh, regular. Mine, mine is a hardcover, I think. Um, well, regardless, uh, this is definitely not what I expected oh, yeah, it to yeah. be. Um, I, I'm surprised this was just sort of the prologue to the story starting in issue yeah. two, kind of. Well, I, it gets it all out of the way. I don't know if is every subsequent issue going to be 30 pages, or is it just this one, just to get it all out there? I hope so. Um... I mean, even if it was, I, it definitely... Um... Um, it's shown 28 pages for issue okay. two. Yeah. Cool. Uh, oh, issue okay. one was 36 pages, it says. Nice, nice. So it's okay. going to be shorter. Um, right out of the bat, I do want to kind of just say that my immediate complaint is that I feel very much... I, I, can, very t- I can very clearly tell that this has that Marvel editorial... Uh, interference going on for event style things and while it doesn't necessarily feel like a rushed event right off the bat it definitely felt like it wanted to jump right in i feel like when i read injustice or deceased jumping into that 
it didn't really feel nearly as rushed. It felt like it was still had a lot more pacing to the setup. That might just be me. Maybe there was more pages and they just trimmed it down. Maybe there was placements for word, verb, word boxes that were just moved around a little bit. I'm not sure what it is exactly, but it definitely feels faster paced than most of the other it Tom Taylor books that I've read. They do cover a yeah, lot in 30 pages, which is somewhat impressive. Yeah. Um, something else that I have noticed with a lot of modern creators these days, this is a big complaint that I have with Bendis, is creations of villainy that are very postmodern in style. It doesn't necessarily feel like traditional superhero villainy. Um, this one, I, I will say this. This one has a lot of that postmodern feel to it, but this, this uh, villainous character that lives at the center of the earth Definitely felt like a Jack yeah. Kirby character. And for that, I got to give credit to Tom Taylor for that. I still feel like it has a postmodern edge to it, and I don't know if I necessarily like that in yeah. Marvel Comics. Uh, can you guys explain who a few of these characters are? Uh, so we've yeah, what's got that? the Living Tribunal. Some sort of body with a floating head. I'm not familiar with that guy. Um, it's not a really widely utilized character. If I remember correctly, the uh, Living Tribunal was... Um, a creation around the same era that Jack Kirby was creating a lot of those weird uh, New Gods era okay. style stuff. Um, no, you know, I'm sorry. It might be later. I think it was in like the 80s that that character was made. Um, the Living Tribunal. Let me look yeah. it up really quick. And then, yeah. And then everybody has a kid. Every, uh, all of the X-Men, all of the Marvel characters have paired up and had a kid. And now we've got the entire next generation here i was right the first time it was uh, a character made by stan lee marie severin and herb trimp in 1967 from strange tales number 157 a character that's typically associated with the um i don't want to say it's dr strange uh stuff necessarily but it is strange tales um which also kind of ties into yeah. um iron man as well but it looks like it is recently been used uh, when Adam Warlock came into possession of the Infinity Gauntlet with uh, the creation of the Infinity Watch. Um, he's more strongly associated with the uh, Watcher, obviously, because yeah. he's in there as well. Uh, and apparently he died uh, from the Beyonders. Okay. Yeah. He's a weird character. Uh, so we've got a bunch of kids in here just like the entire next generation of marvel uh, uh danny may uh, i don't know what the name of this girl riding the dinosaur is lunella lafayette lafayette you don't know moon girl and devil moon dinosaur girl, that's right uh no i'm not familiar with them She's a really loved, beloved character right now. She's the smartest character in the Marvel Universe as of now, but they, they keep changing that. It's like Amadeus Cho is number eight, then he's number six, and then Reed Richards is number one, then he's number yeah. two, and then is Val number one? It's just it's one of those, like, it depends on who you're reading at that time. Um, I think that she's an inhuman. How do I say this delicately? She's got the Riri Williams problem of being a token character where they've created this young black character who's the smartest person ever. 
It's a lot of the same issue that they had with Blue Marvel. Mm -hmm. Like, they made an interesting enough character, but they made them OP, you know? Uh, Which kid member is Val Richards? Val Richards is... Reed Richards' kid. I don't know. I'm guessing it's Richards. Yeah, Yeah. Reed Richards' daughter. Yeah. The fourth or fifth kid? Second? Second. Okay. So they've just made her younger now. No. All right. Yeah, no, I mean, she's been in that age in the uh, current Fantastic Four comics. Um, they went away for a little while and um, came back just recently. Uh, and she actually aged up a little bit. So did uh, Franklin. Isn't there like a Nathaniel Richards as well? That's like a great, great, great oh, okay. descendant. Kang. Yeah, that's, that's um, Kang. Kang. But I saw, uh, who'd you say? Yeah, Franklin. Yeah. Franklin, I thought was supposed to, I mean, they've been kids for like forever, haven't they? Yeah, like I said, they just recently came back from traveling around this uh, space-time continuum, and they've actually aged up. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, Dan Slott kind of ruined the whole Franklin yeah. thing, but... Yeah, because he's a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> You're just a hater. He's not a good writer. All right, and who's... It depends on what it is. I like his he's, Silver Surfer he's stuff. perfectly mediocre. And this is... Uh... Tell that to his Eisner Award that he got for his Silver Surfer story. And this is uh, X-23, dressed up like Wolverine. Yes. Yes, and that's also Honey Badger right next to her. Yeah, also a character made by Tom Taylor. Well, that's good that Tom Taylor is getting to use characters that he created. Characters that are cool and interesting as well. Um, Yeah, because I know that character got a lot of praise when he was on that run, the all-new Wolverine stuff. Yeah. Let's talk about the story here for a bit. Um, this felt like about, you said it was 36 pages, so it definitely feels like around 32 pages of setup, and then the last four pages is let's deal with what's going on in the future and what we're dealing yeah. with right now. Yeah, my problem with this book is the fact that the whole issue is just set up yeah. for issue two, which is a weird complaint, but like with Deceased, with Injustice, it all felt like part of the You think they needed I completely agree. Like issue zero? Would that made it better? That's what it feels like to me, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that the setup would have been uh, better as an issue zero. I, I, w- I think the setup would have been better as a free comic book day story. Yeah. I mean, at this point. I know yeah. it's a lot of pages, yeah, but just still. Like, uh... Well, it could, it could have been shrunk down. Yeah. Let's, Moon Girl didn't really add anything Cut out to a few the story. Pages. I mean, let's be honest Several here. There was like, for now, they'll come yeah, back. There was like 12 pages there of them fighting the guy yeah. in the middle of the earth. Yeah, and it reminds like me of uh, Future's End. But this was good. Yeah, Future's End had a great see, I, starting. No. <laughs> had a yeah, it did, ton it did. of storylines that just went nowhere. Um, I'm interest, I was very interested to see how they were going to justify the uh, lack of um, a power source, a power grid yeah. here. Um, and that being from Doctor Strange. I was really surprised at how fast he was just like, and they're dead, and they're dead, and she's dead, and he's uh, dead. It's yeah, Tom Taylor, I mean, so I shouldn't a, be too surprised, but I, I was definitely still surprised. There's a planet-wide EMP, but, like, there are things that resist an EMP. Things inside, like a Faraday cage. So there should still be some tech, okay? Um, so anyway, there's the EMP. You'd think there'd be some tech that's 
saved, you know, inside a Faraday cage, things that are resistant to an EMP. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's more is like, what about nuclear energy or hydro energy? I mean, I'm certain that there are other means of just creating electricity, you know, well, outside of... We'll see with the new uh, Iron Man. I mean... Yeah, yeah steam power. Yeah. Ooh. Also, USA. Um, Peter Parker clearly has the some sort of special weapon. He's also got he, something with their hydraulic power. It looks like something. he's also kind of buffed up a bit oh, over gosh. the years. He's he finally became the daddy that we always knew he was. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, his muscles I look more looking... muscly than two pages earlier. They do. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing a more mature take on this character. Yeah. He's you know, a character who has the potential, but he keeps getting written as this teenage kid, even when yeah. he's like 30. The thing that I keep seeing from a lot of authors is Peter Parker keeps getting uh, written as the character who consistently just has the Parker luck. There's never any benefits. That's the thing that I can at least give some praise to Nick Spencer for, is he at least is trying to move certain things forward. It definitely feels well, like... Well, no, let's get one thing straight. His run starts with Peter going back to school despite being like 35. There's a reason for that, though. Yeah, but it's still putting him back. Hmm. Well, it's, yeah. uh, he's only going back to school for a little bit. The reason why is because of uh, what happened with I, Doc Ock was inside of Peter's body. I'm aware of the story reason, but it's still like, oh, hey, Pete, like, they got rid of his marriage. They like keep sort of slowly dating him, and it's like, oh, hey, why don't we have him go back mm -hmm. to school for a bit? Nice to be fair, too, also... Something we've never seen before. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, to be fair, Dan Slott has also written the five-issue series of Renew Your Vows, where it's the future and he's got his that wasn't you know, wife him, and was daughter. It? it was Jody Howard. Yes, it was. Nope. That was the following series uh, okay. that followed that storyline. Dan Slott was the one who wrote the original. Okay. Yeah. Um. Anyways, enough about Peter Parker. I'm confused about why Apocalypse was the chosen one for this. Yeah, exactly. A technopath. Um, because he's badass as fuck. That may be true, but I feel like it's a strange choice of character to utilize for this specific incident, and then have Iron Man be a part of that team. It's not going to be Iron Man. We've got Beast, She-Hulk, and Reed Richards. I don't know. So I'm okay with Reed Richards knowing that he is the maker in the Ultimate Universe, and I kind of justify it with that, but. Other than that, I don't really get the other characters. Yeah, we've also got, um, I don't remember her name, Wolverine's counterpart. Is that? X-23? Is... That's not X-23. Are you trying to say Beast? Oh, the... Um... No, the one with oh, the, the lady that grows the nails. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not her. Who is that then? No, that's Reed be Richards. Below him. Jesus Christ, Tyler. The one below him with the fingers. <laughs> the fingernails. Hang on, I don't... I can't think of that. Hang on. Please hold. Lady Deathstrike, I don't know. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. It's Lady Deathstrike, I think. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yes, Lady Deathstrike. You're Thank you, Josh. It's clearly not Reed Richards, Well, he's behind it? her. <laughs> He's cloned himself. I know. And is that Venom or Carnage or one of the others? That's a really good question to ask. The picture okay, shows so uh, that is a black a... guy in the preview for next issue. Like, you know, we had Miles Morales earlier in the issue. Huh? 
So I know that you guys don't know about this. That's why I'm going to help you with this. So this is the abomination fused with uh, venom. The abomination in specific that was used during the Immortal Hulk was a character from the Peter David run of Hulk. Uh, I can't remember his name. He was a uh, black man. He was in the military. Um, He hunted down uh, the Hulks. Hmm. Um, that I don't think that's Lady Deathstrike because Lady Deathstrike is Asian yeah. and this woman is like, uh, she looks Asian. No, she looks like Latina yeah. or Brazilian or something. I think that's just a coloring issue. She looks Asian to me. I don't see color. Mm, I'm suddenly reminded of a character that I had seen from uh, Marvel now, but it's I'll have to come back to that. I don't know. <laughs> uh, um, it's an interesting choice to have long-fingered Reed Richards right behind her because I was so focused on him that I, that's all I could think of. I didn't. I didn't even remember that yeah. she was there. To be honest with you, Sue Storm is a lucky girl. <laughs> uh, I think maybe they're including Apocalypse because it looks like maybe they'll set up that like Apocalypse wears this living machine as like a suit of armor. Maybe, but it it also kind of defies the idea of him making the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. So these people are obviously working with him because they agree with what he has to mm-hmm. uh, say or do. Are they a and Illuminati? This is also the question of... Oh, that's actually not a bad idea. This is also a question of, does this take place in the universe that we know it enough to the point that uh, the X-Men island Krakoa exists where Apocalypse lives with them? Because obviously it's a different timeline in a different world because Peter Parker's daughter exists, so there's that. Yeah. Spider Daddy. Mm-hmm. Spider Daddy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's obviously going to pick and choose what's canon, but I think it's just a very streamlined version of their world, similar to Deceased and Injustice, where stuff has happened, but you don't really need to know all the history to know to follow the story. Yeah. And it doesn't seem very... Uh... I don't it doesn't know. Seem it doesn't seem very explained. Like, uh, after the EMP, no. uh, Iron Man has somehow lost a leg as he's falling out of the sky. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, there's a plane blowing up behind him. It will have something to do with that, I guess. Yeah. It is strange. Yeah. It's very strange. Very, the very, very concept... strange. I'm excited to see Peter's kid. Do we think this version of Peter had the parachute in his suit, or do we think he rode? Uh, do we think he roadied it? Oh, Spider-Man when he hit the ground. Are you talking about Iron Man? Uh, oh, Iron Man. He's yep. falling from the sky. Oh, then definitely no. Because he definitely. I don't know. Maybe fell. Ant-Man catches yeah. him. Ooh, this is interesting. Someone is speculating that that's Nick Fury. Uh, Nick Fury's son uh, wearing the Venom symbiote suit, which I think is strange to think that, but I don't think that that's necessarily true. Um, Josh said we saw Miles Morales. Yeah, when the uh, spider senses were going off. So we see him. Oh, yeah, yeah. uh, We see Gwen, Stacy. And then in the preview for the next issue, we see uh, May almost dressed like uh, Gwen Stacy. Yeah. I think giving all these characters aged up so i think giving miles morales something interesting to do would be a good idea that's an interesting Similar question what if that is deceased, they yeah aged up john and uh john and damien yeah so may is 
what two or three and in the preview in the back she looks like she might be 13 so it's been like maybe 10 years yeah it's been seven years oh seven years that's it sorry i was looking at the one down there it says but years after yeah no 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 you're fine I, I don't know. I I really like Tom Taylor. I guess I just don't feel like I'm as enthralled with this, this as I was hoping like to be. The most forced of all his Elseworld books, Matt. Yeah. Deceased felt very natural. It didn't feel very mm. forced. Injustice yeah. had good flow. This just feels like, yeah. oh, I've got to write an Elseworlds. Yeah, this story. Just, this isn't even labeled as like a what if. Oh, okay, so I just confirmed it. It looks like that is, in fact, Miles Morales wearing the Venom symbiote suit. It looks like it might be the same functional one as, like, what Gwen Stacy has. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. Well, that confirms that, at least. Another case closed. Um, I know we don't do ratings on the show, but I guess I kind of wanted to get your guys' opinions on this, just uh, to see, like, where you were at with this. For me, personally, this is about, like, a three out of five. Um... I would go higher than that. Seven point five out of ten. Seven, really? Seven mm. out of ten. I would I would have gone for four out of five, which is an eight out of ten. So I'm rating it the highest. I probably would give it a six out of ten, just because I feel like it really doesn't. I'm I'm still gonna read the issue too, but I feel like it's it's gonna be one of those stories right now where i'm so underwhelmed that i i will be hesitant to pick it up but i know i'm gonna get it because tom taylor and i'm probably gonna collect the whole thing i'm gonna pull a josh that's what's gonna happen i i trust him enough that it's gonna be enjoyable at least i'm not gonna i agree it's not gonna be like a home or a made in korea where we get to issue four and we're like why are we reading this you know, I, I mean, I at know least we get some level of enjoyment yeah. out of this. At least, absolutely. I, I, I do want to say, at least with Made in Korea, when we have were reading that, those first couple of issues was like, oh, I'm kind of curious where this is going to go. You know, it's a, it's a fun little time to ourselves to say, okay, well, I wonder where, the, how this is going to go into the next issue. And then it was really disappointing, uh, or at least it was for me. Okay, uh, Geiger number six uh, by. Gary Frank and Jeff Johns. This is the end of this story arc, uh, as well as the lead up to the announcement uh, that for the planned announcement, which will be revealed in the 80th anniversary issue, which will be highlighting the future <laughs> of the unnamed Redcoat, Junkard Joe, etc. Yeah, How are we feeling, boys? This is the end of volume one, and we've already got another separate miniseries from this creator team. I wonder how long the gap, the delay is going to be between before we get uh, volume yeah. two mid june because gary frank is very slow he can do like six mm. issues a year yes but this is also going to be other artists working on like the red coats brian hitch right yeah but it would be annoying having a different artist jump on a series that has an established art style just match it how hard can it be to I don't... match it just match it I think that realistically, because the industry functions the way that it does, having another artist hop in to do a separate character in a different book is functionally fine. I don't, yeah, I'm not too worried about that. Doing Geiger Volume 2, you'll expect the same Maybe, creative yeah. team. I, I didn't personally take it as Geiger Volume 2 was going to lead into like Redcoat and then... Well, no, they're all standalone, but I mean... This is the end of Geiger Volume 1. You'd expect Geiger Volume yeah. 2 to be 
Jeff Johns, Gary Frank, but they're doing uh, yeah. Junkyard but Joe. But the 80-page Giant Geiger is going to okay. have yeah. guest writers so, I mean, and guest if... artists, so it's probably easing you into seeing how other people do this sort of art style. Yeah, because I assume Jeff Johns will still be writing, but if Gary Frank's doing the art on Volume 2 of Geiger, we already know Junkyard Joe is coming 2022. Yeah. Gary Frank can do roughly six issues a year. It means we're going to yeah. be waiting until late 2022, early 2023 for Volume 2. Maybe. Yeah, you're right. Um, Which I'd rather have I gotta a s- different artist do Junkyard Joe and get more of this next year. I, w- I got to say this. For this being uh, the finale of this story arc, this definitely felt like some earlier Jeff Johns rather than, say, middle of... Uh, his Green Lantern run, Jeff Johns. I don't really have any complaints about it. Um, I I actually really enjoyed how this went. Um, I have a problem with how this is written. Please, tell and me. It's a problem I, I, I had with the previous issue. It feels like he's making it up as he goes along. I agree with that. Okay. Obviously, he's a writer. That's what they do. But we get to, like, issue three, and they pull this weird, like, oh, the timeline is... Like, we're showing events out of order. Then you get to this one, and they suddenly drop in the whole unnamed yeah. thing. Yeah. And it's okay, like, so... it was like it was an afterthought of this issue. Like, oh, issue six, we're introducing this world in exposition. I don't disagree with you. I do want to point out that, I, I don't know if I had said this before in a previous episode, but a lot of why there's that jumping around is because I feel like he's intentionally going for the sitting at a campfire narrative. And I, I, I hear you. I feel like yeah. what you're saying is you're not, de- you're re- understanding that, but you're not liking it. Yeah. I, I'm, I really enjoy the issues, but it's just the unnamed introduction in this issue just feels like an afterthought. Like he got, like he released the first four or five issues and then he was like, Oh wait, we, we need to introduce the universe. Shit. Yeah, well, the the tale is kind of bookended, but we, yeah. we get a little bit of yeah. more of it in four and five. But you know, we're really closing that here. I I'm okay with it because as they were having the battle between Junkyard Joe and Geiger, and there was that minor flashback to his creator, mm-hmm. Junkyard Joe's creator. That felt like uh, a sequence that I would have in Doomsday Clock. And the interesting thing that I can appreciate about Jeff Johns is that he's definitely trying something different. Even if it is a little clunky at times, I, I can appreciate it. And I think that that's why I'm into it right now. It's still it's not... a very good comic. Like It's not yes. really a complaint. It's more a critique. Well, don't back yourself out from there because there's nothing wrong with having a complaint or a critique. I think that what you're saying has, holds value. I, I guess what I'm just saying is that while I can respect and uh, sympathize with your um, critique, that same critique might be something that I'm actually really appreciating about it right now. Um, there's no complaint about the art, obviously, right? Yeah, it glows. Yeah, great. Perfect, yeah. Um, yeah, Brad Anderson's coloring's great. Oh, God, he's so good. He's so good. I will say that this ending wasn't underwhelming. I was actually really... <laughs> I, I actually laughed about it. I think that I felt the way about the king here, the way that most people felt about Joffrey's death in Game of Thrones. I was literally I... Joffrey. Were you really? Yeah. That's funny. So for me, when I watched that, I thought that that was a justifiable death. He strangled to death. He, Spoilers he, he suffocated. Game of Thrones. Yeah, I, they can fuck off. Nobody I, likes I Game of Thrones anymore. Watching it. 
<laughs> I personally thought that that was a really cool scene, but I can understand people's criticisms because they hated him that much that they wanted him to suffer maybe even more than he actually did. That being said, this is a six-issue story arc that has just finished, and a character that I've come to hate was wiped yeah. out fairly easily. Something that we brought up in the last episode was that because there's a lot of that um, American tall tale uh, feel with it, I think that's why I'm okay with it at this point. I don't want it all the time. I want the next story arc to maybe move yeah. on from that a little bit. But if we come well, back to that exactly later, like, cool. Use your imagination to figure out how he died and how the battle went. Like, Tariq mm -hmm. literally goes off like a nuclear bomb and blows them all away. Which I, I had interpreted as he maybe was killing himself, and that's why I was surprised when the camp tellers uh, said, yeah. no, that's not the end of him. Well, I think because... he, he, he was sacrificing himself, but then I assume he just didn't die yeah. like he expected. Yeah, maybe. Uh, with the power of um, love, he managed to uh, <laughs> conquer his abilities. No, it's family. The power of self-respect. Josh, I want to ask you to uh, do me the favor here. You're the guy who ends up finding a lot of those little details here. What did you find about this issue that uh, was something that stood I out to you a lot? I think that Junkyard Joe is going to be a lot like RoboCop. I think Joe might okay, tell have me been human at one point. So if you see on the second page, it says the Vietnam War the robot you see an almost human like mm -hmm. person standing there and uh as okay. he's dying or going offline we see i don't know if it's his creator or not it the guy's wearing uh the kind of green military uh shirt like they did like he just never took that off like oh was, yeah 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 the guy on the far right yeah is one of his former uh war buddies that he's facing and now he's okay. visiting him almost as a robot so i'm wondering okay. if there's actually like parts of a man inside of junkyard joe i think that that would make sense right because it, it definitely it's not a cyborg feel to it i agree with what you're saying about robocop i, mm. I didn't think about that before but now that you're saying with saying that i mm. i full-heartedly agree um let me ask you this as well, uh, to both of you, actually. Um, the character at the end here, the the female wearing the traditional military, American military garb. Um, who is that? She's is from that... the previous issue, isn't she? So... Is she? I thought that she was maybe just that young girl that Geiger saved just uh, growing up. No, I think uh, the events that we're no, seeing this here is still happening are present day. not exactly immediately following... Um, Tariq's explosion, but shortly after, because we see the king's mother here, and I don't know, maybe she's wearing a wig, but she's not uh, as large or decrepit as she was in the basement. She's, she's clearly been yes. bathed. Mm -hmm. She's not as large, yeah. but she's still in um, charge. I mean, the rest of the uh, leaders of Las Vegas don't look much different than before, so it can't have been much longer. Sure. And no, I, the, I agree. You know, President Griffin. Um, so I don't think much time has passed. I, 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 I'm compelled to agree with you. I guess I had just wanted to ask that because it seems like at least some degree of time had passed 
that they were telling the oh, story no. like it was the guys doing maybe a year or two the uh, campfire storytelling is definitely years down the road but the last two pages back in las vegas okay. is just okay. a bit of time later uh the guy you know okay. we got the guy uh that's telling the story uh it says the kids found help the girl she was someone special to me so okay uh it's been long enough that like the myth of geiger has grown but you know you still need to be told about it but it seems like uh the girl uh you know maybe the girl would be about the same age as this guy telling the story or maybe she traveled and was part of the group i don't know hmm um, before I ask this question, is there anything else you guys wanted to uh, comment about before uh, moving uh, if we no, were to I'm move good. on, for example? Okay. Um, John? I just hope his dog's okay. <laughs> Barney? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this is the thing that I wanted to start doing um, on the show. Uh, since this is the end of this story arc, I wanted to ask your guys' opinions on ratings for this story arc as a whole mm. instead of just the issue. The arc is pretty good. It drags a little in the middle. Mm. Uh, 7.5. Yeah, that's a hard one. Because, again, I still had the problems with the narrative structure. It's definitely a okay. recommend. But um, for the score... Yeah, I'll, Take I'll, time. I'm going to go, I guess, I don't want to be, like, too consistent with my scoring for today, but it's definitely, like, somewhere around an 8 out of 5, maybe a little more than that. 8 out of an 5. Eight out of, 8 out of 5, you know me. Perfect score. <laughs> yeah. yeah, beyond perfect. perfect. No, sorry, 8 out of 10, 4 out of 5. Sure. Um, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say maybe even... I hate being this fucking asshole, but uh, I'm going to say an 8.25. Oh, like an 8.25. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I am this way because yeah. my father beat me. I'm sorry. I mean, he didn't beat me enough. Yeah. Um, I liked a lot of what was going on here. I feel like growing up and then uh, watching movies – uh, and reading books about American Tall Tales, this kind of makes me feel really nostalgic. But I feel like this is an exciting new age take on things. And I'm obviously a big fan of Fallout and Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. Oh. It's a lot of what I love. I don't think it's perfect. Oh. The guy oh, telling that? the story is from Green Lantern. Uh, Rick. Rick, the kid that helped him escape. That's the guy telling the story. He's got the eye patch. The uh oh oh, oh look at you and this is why I keep you on the show. That's the kid, and he lost. He you see the this is why we have I kicked wondered, him off. Yeah. I wondered, right there. yeah, I wondered why they're making such a big deal out of his eye. I didn't think anything of it at all. Reason. It was just yeah. weird that yeah. it happened that they didn't really. And radiation is just like, am I a fucking joke to you? <laughs> Yeah. Damn, good job, Josh. That's uh that's something to mark down there. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um I wanna ask uh if we wanted Let's to move it. on to Firepower. I suppose so. Alright, Firepower number fifteen by Kirkman and Samney. 
thoughts? I like this issue a lot. Me too. I, uh, I'm very happy with how this story arc is mm-hmm. progressing. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give some criticisms about Kirkman though. Um, I feel like he has an unrealistic, uh, idea of how people have conversation. People He's aren't this intuitive. People are much more clunky. Easily, more easily. Than- that Way more page easily. where they are talking things out and Owen is basically apologizing. There's one specific uh, speech bubble that I wanted to call out. Uh, so it's the kind of the second page of that kind of two-page spread right there to the top right. Uh, he's, mm-hmm. uh, the middle speech bubble in that three-speech bubble connection where he says processing that took some time. Okay. I'm sorry, I didn't tell you. I don't know why I didn't. I think I was just embarrassed, and you just see all those eyes just lined up in a row. That. What page uh, is that? I don't know what the page number is. It's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Page seven. Page seven, the third. Sorry. Uh, yeah, third uh, panel. So. Yeah, that, that's some good lettering right there. The way that this um, these panels are set up is really impactful with uh, the silhouette in the darkness. I do really enjoy that, but I still I feel like it's a lot of the same complaints that I had about what he did with Walking Dead. There's a lot of times where it's this. It almost feels like a sitcom special where everything kind of gets yep. resolved in 30 minutes, and I just don't think that that's sure. realistic. Yeah. I feel like I don't know if I really want that yeah. in my books. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't trying to enunciate it you know, too much, but I wanted to point out all the eyes, and then you just have all of these eyes just lined up along the side of the speech bubble. No, yeah. that's why I said it's, that. I, 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 I think it's very agree. intentional to line um, all that up, because you could have wrapped it around somewhere else. The criticisms that I have about Bendis' speech is typically that it i understand the motivation for a lot of the interruptions and the speech patterns i think that that's clunky human talk i think kirkman can take just a maybe five percent of that and put it into his speech and also at least understand that having a wife who's insecure about her husband's relationship with long dead girlfriend is not no does not make her an asshole i don't think they painted her i mean i don't think i wouldn't look at her less no 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 i didn't i'm not saying that at all i'm saying that i think that they overly made her way too not sympathetic but just (laughs) way too mature almost inhumanly uh forgiving and uh sympathetic to the point where i just feel like there's been many a times where i've been in a relationship with anybody and there's been some clunkiness in the communications that point where we say something maybe they don't mean it or their feelings are hurt and they don't know how to express it. I mean, that's just... I also have to forgive it because it's a comic book, and it's also a comic book about snakes possessing people and guys who can shoot fire out of their hands. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, there is that, you know. But that's my criticism for that. Everything else about this I really enjoyed, and I especially like the way that this issue ended. I thought that was really funny. So... Yeah, I did like the whole sequence with... uh, Waylon. Waylon. Uh, mm-hmm. Running away from the snakes. Yeah. And, if he can, yeah, and he just when he bites off the guy, bites the head off of that <laughs> snake. Why doesn't he just, you know, bite the take the snake out of Chow Fang? 
I feel like he is channeling his yeah. inner Ozzy Osbourne <laughs> every like new yeah. issue. Yeah, all he needs you know to do I mean? is just like stick his tongue out. <laughs> <laughs> Someone has been in my room and drank all my beers. <laughs> Sharon! <laughs> Sharon! It's, I hate that he's one of those guys that you, it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Every single person can do an impression of him, except for Sean. Except me, I don't do impressions. I really want to see you do more impressions. No. I really do. I want to see you do a, a, an Essex accent. That's what I really want to see. No, you'll never see it. Oh my god, it's like, um, I was trying to find uh, my way around the pub, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I know it's bad. Yeah. Um, Good job, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, babe. Uh, yeah, I like the, um, the final panel. Wayland's. Like, I don't know. Not again. This shit. Yeah. That did, that did make me laugh. Okay, let me ask you this, uh, Josh. You're the only one here who's married. As far as like the relationship between him and his wife, what do you feel? Because I feel like you're the one who how actually do, has. How more... do you and your wife deal with your dead ex-girlfriend still being alive? And how do your children, knowing that they have firepowers it, now, it how gets do you better relate with to them? Time. You learn. You learn to talk to each other. <laughs> you know what? That makes sense. Um, joking aside, you are the only one in the room right now that has actually the most sympathy towards Owen. I mean, the only thing that I can have is him as a male. That's pretty much it. Uh, I mean, it's not too far off. I mean, if you're talking to each other like adults, then you can try and get through stuff. Uh, I mean, we still argue about stuff and say the wrong things to each other, but, you know, we try and hash things out, talk about where we're coming from. Let's say that you find out, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, let's say you're in a scenario where you feel like you're in present danger. Would you bring your wife along? <laughs> I just Yeah, I mean, that that's a, a very comic booky part, you know, where the, the kids and yeah. the wife come along when you don't know if they're going going to be you don't know if they're going to be you know in the way but also you're trying to protect them at the same time like you know that yeah. the only place they're going to be safe is with you versus this time you're like well i think we can leave the kids behind although the snake can get everywhere so i don't see much yeah. of a difference between then and now yeah I feel like uh, he's setting it up to kill the wife at this point. I don't point. think I'd like that. You disagree? I mean, I don't know if I really would either, but let me let me give you some examples. There's a lot of sympathizing, a lot of characterizing her as um, being really uh, enjoyable. Uh, she's well, she feisty. She's got a lot own. of strong energy. So I think she's going to start learning yeah. some of the tricks of the trade, and who knows, maybe she'll be able to launch a fireball, and we'll prove it's not just genetic maybe maybe his maybe yep. he's got spicy semen and uh let me ask you this would you pick would you take a dollar bet that the wife will die or not in how many issues ever uh i am going to take a, a wager that within the next two story arcs she will die this dollar. including the story arcs so this story arc and the next Yes. Sure. I'll take I'll do the dollar bet on that. Sick. And you can go on patreon.com slash cult of comics to make sure that you can fund yeah. my betting. Oh yeah, habits. all the money goes to Tyler. 
You know what? We can't do uh, legal gambling on uh, the show, but what we can do is have you go into our Discord chat, and then you can do any kind of wagers that you like, thanks to culticomics.com slash bolt or patreon.com slash culticomics. We had one um, more... Okay. We I had, don't really have had, anything else to say uh, outside of just like yeah. praise for Chris Samney. Uh We had one more reveal that the uh, tattoo for the Scorched Earth Clan... Uh, Scorched Earth Clan, they think it's a fire-breathing dragon, but it's literally... They say it's the opposite. It's a dragon. They're eating the fire. The dragon eats the fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, fire kills the dragon. Yeah, which was smart because that actually... I thought the same thing. I thought it was mm-hmm. spitting fire this whole time. But when you actually pay attention to the direction of it, it is it is a little detail yeah. that might be missed. But your little details, Josh, that's what you're, yeah. uh, that's what you're all about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you read anything in the letters um, that we should know about? Nothing really insightful. There's, there's one point where uh, one of the readers is critiquing some of the comic, and uh, Kirkman goes... Is that Eric Stevenson? Did he write in? <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Okay. I gotta say this really quick. If they do end up making a movie or a show about this, I really hope they get Ralph Macchio in here somehow. I don't care what role he is in. Yeah. I want him in it. Okay. Many deaths of Layla Star. Yeah, let's go on to that. Cool. Sounds good. Um... Now, uh, I'm going to let Sean uh, lead us into that because there's a bit of news with this as well uh, as far as The Many Deaths of Layla Star and how it's been rated. Yeah, so The Many Deaths of Layla Star is the highest rated series on Comic Book Roundup as of recording. How do we feel about the fact that it is the highest rated comic on any website ever? I'm not sure it's the At all, I mean. best I've ever read, but it is. It has been all inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, issue three is the one of the highest rated single issues of anything, which was the cigarette issue. I yeah, and that's a damn good issue. Uh, to me, I picture the um, I picture a graph, like a bell curve almost, mm-hmm. with how this uh, series has impacted me in a lot of ways. It definitely, I actually really like the gentle flutter of an ending. However, I I guess that I'm mixed because I want to say that the surprise reveal that he had discovered immortality so long ago. I didn't think that was a surprise reveal. That was the most predictable reveal I could have imagined. I didn't and predict I that did, at all. I did expect that. Well, I'm a dumb skank, so you were, I mean, You were expecting Mandy as bullshit? Tyler was expecting the actual cure for death. He wanted to live forever. Honestly, I didn't think that he was going to have it. I thought it was going to be a mistake from uh, the gods. Uh. Huh. I really well, love the poetry in this. Yeah. Well, I'm a mistake big slut for poetry. Thinking that it was going to change the world. Maybe somebody finds the uh, shoebox, but it seems like the uh, well cure to you know immortality is going to be lost to the ages. Yeah. Well, I took it as immortality did end up getting out into the world because death and life went off to create something new. Mm-hmm. Mm. I took it to be that whatever he had wasn't the real cure. Like, them going off together was 
is what's happening. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I think he found something. I, c- I kind of wish that the many-faced god had made a little bit more, a few more appearances in this. But would that have taken away from the humanity of the story? Because out- outside so. of issue one, which was very godly and trippy and weird, every issue has been very grounded in basic humanity. Mm. Yeah. And to have an eight-headed god showing up throughout, yeah, I think would have just detracted from the humanity a little. I don't... I see what you're saying, but I feel like the talking crow is a, yeah, something to consider as well. There's pieces in each, yeah. you know, each comic. Yeah, a sentient church. Mm-hmm. I think the message in this is beautiful, and I think that this is a big example of why people should be reading comics that aren't superheroes. And yeah. aren't you glad me and Josh pressured you into this, Tyler? Oh my yeah. god, immensely. Much in the same way that I'm so glad that I finally gave in to watching Lucifer. Oh yeah. Isn't Tom Ellis attractive? God damn he is. Like sometimes when he does that creepy smile of like, what do you desire? I'm like, I'm not that into you. it, but fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh you, I love Tom Ellis, I want you. Have you guys oh, not me. ever uh, listened to Lo-Fi Radio? Yeah. I, I kind of get that same sort of vibe from a lot mm. of this series. Like, it's just... I mean, it deals with some very impactful stuff, but it's just very Absolutely. chill. It's got that aesthetic. Yeah, I agree. Um, Why don't we take a second to uh, rate the whole series? Yeah, absolutely. But also, let's rate the whole series here, the five-issue mini-series of this book. 9.5 out of 10. It's high praise. <sighs> high quality Josh? book. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not going to try and split hairs any more than Sean. Uh, yeah, I think 9.5 is accurate. I kind of want to go back and reread the whole thing now, but as I'm as I'm as of this moment, I'm going to give it a nine out of ten. I feel like a nine point five is damn near perfect, and I feel like issue three had um, more impact than the rest of the book itself. But issue four was the one that made me actually feel a stronger sense of emotion. Well, issue two as well, I found beautifully told, like him dealing with his friend, like his not father figure, but like his. Adult oh, um, role model's death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, the scene where he goes to the funeral and they're all on the beach putting mm. the candles in the water. It was just very beautiful and... I don't know. No, I agree. I feel like every um, issue has had something different that I've been able to appreciate about it. Yeah. Well, the, th- the thing about stories like this to me is it, it is going to leave a lasting impact on me. I am going to be thinking about it for years to come. I'm going to be thinking about this the same way that I feel about The Fountain from Clint Mansell and Darren Aronofsky. I'm going to be thinking about this um, the same way that many scenes in American Beauty left me feeling. Um, yeah. This is this is a high-piece quality of, uh, art, and I don't think it's perfect perfect, but damn near perfect. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to dissuade you. Uh, am I using that right? Dissuade you yeah. from... Um, 
saying 9.5 out of 10. Uh, I think that I just personally think that there could have been at least just one little bit more at that last issue. Mm. Um, but I am going to recommend this to everybody. Yeah, and I'm going to just take this time to shout out his next book, which is Radio Apocalypse from Vault Comics. Hell yeah. Um, not the same artist. The artist is... God, that's a long name. Anand Radhakrishnan. And I just want to point out, on the cover, they've condensed his last name to R.K. Anand Ranakrishnan? Radhakrishnan, yes. Okay, cool. That clearly didn't fit on the cover. So just put Anand R.K. Okay. So this uh, is about also... the apocalypse where a meteor struck Earth, and in Bakerstown stands the last radio station on the planet. It is broadcasting Ooh. into the unknown, a beacon in the dark for those who wander lost places. Now change is coming. Among refugees flocking into an already precarious settlement, an orphan boy, Rian, gets caught in an indiscretion that will twine his fate with the radio station. Mm. And in doing so, will begin the mixtape of love and heartbreak and interminable hope. The soundtrack to the end of the world. You don't know this about me, but I actually am a huge fan of radio station stuffs. But just adding on to this, something a few books have been doing recently I believe this book comes with a soundtrack. I'm feeling the endorphins right now. I'm excited. Yeah. I am actually excited. I really am. Um, man, I really can't tell you how happy that makes me uh, to hear that. I'm, I'm actually really like... What did you say it was called? I'm really looking forward to the future. Radio Apocalypse. Okay, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, man, I'm pumped. I'm feeling I good. I'm feeling up. I did link it in the chat the other day somewhere. Because there's a few things yeah, from you did. Um, Bolt I'm going to be checking out over the oh, next right, yeah. few months with some interesting creators. All right. Tyler, you uh, mentioned the poetry a little yes. bit ago. I don't think we really delved into that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much for bringing that up. Uh, did you want to say anything about that? Um, we just have... Three Little Poems by somebody named Acker Puri. And mm-hmm. the book is for, is literally like The Many Deaths. Uh, it's not anything. This was just something that was created for this book. Mm-hmm. Unless it's something that hasn't been translated to English. Uh, I actually, uh, I shared this poetry with somebody uh, in my life. And they were like, oh my god, that's beautiful. And I, it's some, it's some good shit. It's some good shit. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's like, it's good. It's it's like the kind of poetry that any of those like shitty Facebook posts try to emulate, but don't quite get to. Like it, yes. it's mm, just definitely. it's it's just past the point where it's cringy that it's good. <laughs> like it's it's the real deal okay. and not like some fake shit. Sure. I mean, it's not Robert Frost, but it's damn good. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't want to pressure us to move on from here because I actually am enjoying this, but uh, is there anything you would like to say before we move on? I'm just going to say this book has turned Ramby into a creator. I'm going to check out any number one from him from now on. I completely agree. Um, I definitely feel like him having the freedom to do something like this is more entrancing than some of the other stuff he's done. Not yeah, to some of his DC things... stuff is good, but it doesn't grip me, whereas this really did. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, I still really enjoyed uh, Justice League Dark, and I've still really enjoyed yeah, Swamp I Thing. Yeah, about Justice League Dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need uh, to but... read Swamp Thing. I've been collecting it, but I need to sit down and just... I'm waiting yeah. for it to finish at this point. It's It's been different. I fell off. Uh, I think I'm two issues behind now, but it's been different. Yeah. Yeah, I read the first two issues like, this is brilliant, and then just, for whatever reason, fell off. Yeah, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm much still, the same way. I'm still picking it up, so once it's finished, I will just binge read it in one go. Um, you know, I'm really sorry to say this because I know that we're kind of uh, going over time a little bit, but I just want to get this out of the way really quick. Is there a comic that you guys can think of that like really like just hit you? Because this book definitely impacted me. I can't say that it hit me much like the ending for Doomsday Clock, yeah. uh, for example. Are we talking like recently or are we going back to like Watchmen? Just overall. Because for me, I'm not joking. Why the Last Man still to this day when I think of that storyline the second to last issue is I've never yelled at a comic book before. Oh yeah. When I read that, yeah. I I screamed. I that my roommate I mean, at the time was like, to, "What's wrong with you?" Like, spoiler things, but I think they basically said like earlier in the series, like when we get to that point, this is what's going to happen. I think mm-hmm. that rule was set very early on in the comic. Yeah. So. Um, for me. If I had to think of something that's really hit me, it's kind of a basic one, but Wally West's return in DC Universe Rebirth. I don't think that that's basic at all. The way the scene was playing was he thought he was about to die and he was saying goodbye to Barry. Mm-hmm. And you sort of have him fading away into the speed force and you can sort of see like his past selves behind him, like just sort of faces of him wearing like Kid Flash mask and all that stuff. And yeah. he was like, thank you, Barry, for an amazing life. And yeah. it, even now, I've just come up in goosebumps just remembering it. I'm really not joking when I say this. The fact that you are a fan of The Flash is something I actually really do treasure about you because I think that that's an endearing but quality. The like... thing is, at that point, I hadn't really read much. Like, I only started reading comics really in 2015, and that issue came out 2016. Okay. It was just how good the writing was in that issue that I could read that those few pages and be like, holy shit, like this is so well made that it's yeah. really hitting me. I'm just seeing like remember... these pages sent for chat now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that scene in Ultimate Spider Man when or I'm sorry, not in Ultimate Spider Man, in Spider Men when uh they travel across uh the universes into the other universe and they ask questions about each other like what's Nick Fury like? And he's like, uh, white. And then they talk to Gwen Stacy. Say again, sorry. In Spider-Man, when they, uh, talk to Gwen Stacy, do you remember that sequence? Uh, when they travel to the other universe, the ultimate universe, and then they talk about that. When Peter gets confronted by Gwen Stacy about like what she like in the, uh, 616 universe. I've never read this. Oh my God. Like, there's a lot of things that Bendis has done lately that I can get why people have, like, a hatred for him, but that's not one of them, man. I read that, and I actually and like, had to just sit guys. down for a second and just, like, think. I'm sorry. It's fine over here. What about you, Josh? I'm trying to think of some stuff. I mean, you go back to maybe some of the older stuff, like uh, The Dark Knight or Watchmen. Um... I'm trying to think of some good 
like image series or uh, boom has had some good original series the shorter ones are, are a lot of like the more impactful ones it seems like things that mm-hmm. don't run for a long time I mean why the last man or ex machina anything by Brian K Vaughn is Absolutely. always really touching uh, and I oh, go back and forth on like scored. Huh? I just sent you guys the pages that I was talking about, and it sent them out of order. Yeah, that sucks. Oh, that's fine. Um, I still know the I, issue. I yeah. go back and forth on which one is better, Ex Machina or Why the Last Man. It's kind of it kind of teeters there. I really need to read Ex Machina. Yeah, I've only read the first issue. I I really need to actually power read it because I know they're making a show of it right now. Oh my god. Doesn't you, have Oscar Isaac in it. As somebody from, I know it's set in New York, but I think as somebody from. Seattle, I think you're going to enjoy a lot of certain parts of the series. Um, okay. I'm trying to think. Of, there there are some good Boom series. When they do the original content, they choose mm-hmm. like some really high-quality stuff. You've read like uh, Clive Barker's Next Testament. Oh, okay. I haven't read it, but I know about it, yeah. Yeah. Or any of like... There's a lot of uh imprints at image like top cow that do uh really mm. interesting things like uh have you ever read 10 grand j michael straczynski no but i know of the story uh a lot of people have recommended it to With, me so uh, it's on my list i can't think of the artist's name right now that did the first half of the series Pember ten uh temple smith ten, yeah ben temple ben smith. smith that's it yeah yeah, yeah. He's great, yeah, yeah. Uh, I could go on about this, but I know that <laughs> yeah, we should probably yeah, move we along. Move I'm on. sorry. <laughs> um, what's next? Uh, um, we can do uh, Undiscovered Country real quick. Yeah. Yes. It's weird having two books this week that mention the heroes like John Henry, like uh, what are the other ones I'm thinking of. Annie Oakley. Oh, um, George Washington. Yeah. Annie Johnny Oakley. Apple well, she was a real person. That was funny. Betsy Ross is a real person. I'm not familiar with uh, Molly Pitcher, but that's fine. Um, Molly Pitcher? I don't even know that one. Yeah. She was a part of the American Revolutionary War. Uh, Mary Ludwig Hayes was a woman who fought in the American War of Independence of the Battle of Monmouth. The woman behind the Molly Pitcher story is most often identified as Hayes, but it is likely that the legend is an amalgam of more than one woman seen on the battlefield that day. Yeah, she's got one of those uh, almost like a chimney sweep for uh, working Mm -hmm. on cannons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Paul Bunyan, Davy Crockett, those were real folks. Mm-hmm. I actually They were. Yeah. Uh John Henry was fake, right? Uh I don't know. I don't know much about I him. Think... I, I thought that was a folk tale. Oh well, a lot of them are yeah. folk tales, but Davy um... Crockett, I actually stayed on the property of his like four times great grandson. They have mm-hmm. a whole series of caves in Kentucky. But they're they're real like old school. They're like if you Look at their daughters. They will shoot you. Mm. That's weird. I mean, that was probably something. We were like 13 at the time, so they were just trying to, you know, the scout leaders were probably just trying to fuck with us. Oh, shit. Apparently, uh, there actually was a real John Henry. 
uh, as well. But the the uh, mythology, the legend of him was specifically about uh, going up against the steam-powered rock drilling machine, uh, and that his heart gave out from stress. However, apparently, a researcher named Scott Reynolds Nelson found out that the real John Henry was born in 1848 in New Jersey and died of something called silicosis, not due to exhaustion. Mm. Who knew? Um, I don't really know what to feel about this arc right now since it's focusing on the lore. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that they dug into the comic book superheroes first. I think um, I'm finding this more interesting than the last arc. This is yeah, issue I agree. three of the arc. So we're three out of six in. Yeah. Is it three? I thought it was four. We're on issue 15. I think the first two arcs were six and six. You're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Yep. Once again, you are correct and I am wrong. I apologize. Lord save me. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they're... What the hell is up? Yeah. I'm probably going to say the same What thing. is up with this cover? Yeah, you are? No. But... The covers tend to predict what's coming in a few issues, so it might be they make a song as their Maybe. Thing. Everyone's representing like a different style of music here. Yeah. Punk, We've got, grunge, uh, rap, yeah, uh, lounge singer, yeah, 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 diva, pop star, or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, I feel like this is gonna tie into the crossroads devil of some kind, but uh, yeah, I thought that's that... an interesting bad guy. Yeah. Okay, so here's another thing that I have an issue with with this. Um, this is another example of a series. I think that if you're going to say something, say something. And I feel like the underlying theme here could be that the majority of issues uh, with America is dealings with the devil. And I feel like a lot of what is carrying over is how much the fiction of America, the idea of America, uh, challenges the reality of America. And I think that's smart. But I feel like it's not really hitting home as much as they want. I don't know yeah. if I'm just reading too well, much into it. It's kind of the same twist every time that things are not what it yeah. seems. And the people that you trust are really working with the bad guys. Or, yeah, you know, the people that you trust are the people that you should fear the most. Yeah. Because once again, they're being bamboozled by the people they trust. I also wonder how other people who are not American are feeling about these characters that are very not American being written. Sometimes I can kind of, I, I remember that they're Canadian, English, Chinese, pans, American, uh, whatever. But so a lot of the time I forget mm -hmm. because it just doesn't is like coming across that way. Like very rarely when he says like Lottie or when they flash back to, uh, Ace's history, which a lot of what this issue is, uh, is that reminder of, of uh, this is his origin story. We've been dealing with a it lot seems of to be a lot of stories. This I was just going to say, yeah, it seems to be pretty carrying over. Um, is this the Scott Snyder thing or a Charles Soleil thing? I don't know. But did you say Charles Soleil? Soul. Yeah, isn't it Soleil? It's Soul. Okay. Uh... Rookie mistake, Tyler. <laughs> I'm sorry, Daddy. Uh, what was the name of the the guy with the antlers and the crab arm? The Destiny, the great man. Destiny man. Destiny yeah. man. I would have thought he would have appeared by now. He's um, scheming. He's somewhere. I mean, how fast was the fight between him and the gigantic what's her face from the last location? You think they're just gonna kind of skim over him this arc and 
bring him back next arc? I think that he's going to fight the Crossroads Devil uh, for supremacy, and I think that that's what's going to happen. I think he's going to be the ultimate bad guy, and every new villain is going to be challenged by him. Yeah. Uh, what kind of deal do you think the Devil's going to try and make with each member of the team? Um, right off the bat, uh, I'm going to say that with Chang, it's going to be about power since he seems to be really focused on making sure that he brings something back of value to his country and making sure that his opponents, uh, whatever the op opposing country is, um, doesn't seem to have any, uh, superpower over his. Um, I think that their Lottie's going to ask for the cure for the sky virus, uh, knowing that she's responsible and that the last sky virus was uh, destroyed or sky riders cure sorry um or maybe she'll ask for her parents back um i'm i'm curious about the character that doesn't seem to be uh evolving or really being investigated upon at all is the one who's been opposing Chang. janet janet thank you i feel like she's just there at this point for now yeah yeah i kind of see that you know I don't know. How are you guys feeling about the series right now? I feel like it's I'm dragging. investing. Yeah, I agree. It feels like there's 10 zones and it's going to be 10 arcs and 60 issues. Is there only yeah. 10 zones? They didn't go for 13? Or it might be 13. That's even worse, Josh. 65 issues? Or, well, well, it's, it's six issue an, arcs. It's going to be so. six issues and arcs. So yeah, if 78. Arcs, it's going to be, yeah. It's, yeah. we got to speed up. we got to skip some or. areas. At some point, they're going to be I mean, like, can't like we just have cut to. through, and they're going to try and cut through or break through to some areas. We, brought, we mentioned Why the Last Man earlier. Uh, there was a point where it, it felt like they were like, look, you, we already know what's going to, like, what you think is going to happen next. We're going to jump right into the next thing from there. Uh, like with the revelation about him being shown to the newspapers across the world, like, naked. Um, I feel like there might be something, that would be the smart decision to make, to kind of have that, oh, you thought you knew what was going to happen next. Let's jump forward. Do I think Scott Snyder is a good enough writer for that, though? Does he have the attention span uh, to go that long? I I recognize that Scott Snyder is it a good writer. It depends if he's on his Adderall I, or not. <laughs> I think that Scott Snyder suffers from... ADHD. I would say that his scope... His eyes are bigger than his stomach, you yeah, know? 100%. Yeah. Like... Um, we're recording this a bit late, so we're about to talk about Infinite Frontier number five, and I've already read the next issue mm -hmm. that we're talking about. And reading that just made me hate Scott Snyder's death metal even more, because I just realised what an incoherent mess it is, and that it's still possible to tell a good multiverse story. Yeah. Like, Scott Snyder needs a co-creator that reigns him in. That's what I'm confused about with this is because Charles Soule is a creator that has, you know, succeeded in his storytelling on his own that very much is his. A lot of what happened with Wizard in um, that magic comic. What's it called again? I can't remember. What's it called? Charles Soule's uh, Wizard comic. What's it called? I don't know. <sighs> it's going to bother me. Anyways... That very much is a unique story for him, 
and I feel like he's a lot more down to earth than Scott Snyder is. That's why I'm surprised down that this is going. You are aware he's spearheading the Star Wars books at the minute. That may be true, but what I'm saying is that when he talks, when he writes his characters, he focuses on those characters and making yeah. them. Do you, do you agree? Do you disagree? I've not read enough of his stuff, but bits I have read, so I do kind of get what you mean. I loved but what I he did feel... with Red Lanterns. I feel like Scott Snyder's one spearheading this book, though. Because yeah. the ideas are larger than life and convoluted. And especially issue 12 of the run, that felt like an issue of death metal. Yeah. With them just, like, randomly sizing up and just fighting each other. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Curse Words is the name of the uh, comic, the magic comic book that he wrote. Oh, that's where you're going for. Um, okay. I didn't know he did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, that's what I'm saying, is like, he, he's he's done the fantastic before, but the way in which he does it, it actually almost feels like how, how Lucifer has a lot of that, like, grand idea, but there's a comical element to it, and there's a lot more finesse and focus on how it's going to go. Scott Snyder is, boom! He's like, a, he's like fireworks, like, just explosions all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like- yeah. I hope his new creator-owned stuff is more reined in. Yeah. He's going to do, like, five now. It's it's what, so what much. What do you mean, five? He's announced, like, eight new titles, plus Witches is coming back. Plus oh, that's this. finally coming back? It was, it's been, like, six years. Well, it's coming back. Coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. All right. Um, I'm sorry. I know I, I didn't mean to make us drag on that a little bit longer. Should we move on to Infinite Frontier? Yeah. You guys yeah. go on with Infinite this. Fr- cool. And I'll come back in a few. Gotta go put some. No worries. Take time, but you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. But if you guys are doing this and then Batman Fear State Alpha, that'll give me enough time. Sounds good, bud. Okay. Thank you. He's going to lock me in All the right. basement. <laughs> uh, Infinite Frontier number five to me uh, felt very rushed. Uh, but goddamn, that ending was cool. Uh, it moves stuff along very briskly. I don't know if I can... Rush feels like a negative. I feel like it's nice to have an issue that doesn't drag. It it feels like speed walking rather than going the pace that I think that he actually wanted to go. I think that if Josh Williamson had been given this maybe as like a 12-issue series and then he didn't but need then to carry on to the, the next... The problem is sometimes those series dragged. Like, we had Death Metal where it all just dragged out and we just wanted it to end. And, I don't know. It was a dense issue, but I still enjoyed the... All, I enjoyed every single plot beat. Yeah, I... This is where my conflict is. Is what happened, I really enjoyed. I enjoyed everything that happened in this. Um... I'm, I'm thoroughly confused what happened with director bones where he's wearing that cape, but that was funny. <laughs> um, I think Williamson is a fantastic superhero comic writer. Yes. And I know I made the joke earlier about how I don't have to read Batman now, but in all seriousness, I am actually looking forward to it. Um, I think that he, when given the reins to characters that he very clearly cares about, he can do phenomenal stuff with them. And I think that it's cool to see something with the JSA and Roy Harper, especially what was, what's been going on with this dark side plot at the end here. Spoiler alert, by the way, um, dark side shows up at the end. I don't know what's going on with those chains, man, but that's, I, I dig it. Kids love chains. I don't know. So, oh, let me ask you this. You're the oh, bigger sorry, fan of going him back to 
direct bones with the cape. That is yeah. the original Earth 2 direct bones. Oh, thank you so much for clarifying that. See, it, I didn't know it that. It literally says it in the boxes on the page. It's like, this is the original Earth 2 Cameron Chase. She was erased in the crisis. I saw that, but I didn't see the director bones one. Hang on, I haven't. Well, of it me. doesn't say about him, but like, it is clearly implied. Implied, but usually they're better about like just directly saying it, right? So I guess that's why I was confused. Because when I actually get to the Earth Two one, they say like it directly. Just you need to focus more, Tyler. Just get your Adderall, tip, I did, load, actually. tip I... a load into your hand. Throw them up in the air, open your mouth, and try and catch as many as you can. And then huh, that's That's actually the same way I try to get all the boys at the bar. <laughs> um, joking aside, uh, I really enjoyed this. I, I'm, I'm excited to see how this is going to end because you seem to be hyping it up. I, yep, for the folks at home, we're recording, well, I've already said, we're recording this a bit late. And I've already read the next issue. So I'm keeping it spoiler-free, but wow. You know what's not fun for me is I don't want to feel this way, but I do feel like having uh, Marino and Pelletier on art here was something of a mistake. I feel like having just a single artist on this Yeah, it's would a five-issue miniseries, and Zamanico hasn't been able to keep it up. No, not Zamanico at all. does do all the art for issue six, though. I mean, so that's good. Um, I mean, he's a great artist. I don't even know if it's a consistency issue, really. I, I feel like the jumping around sometimes can be fun, but I feel like uh, when I look at the at cover... At least it's not like when we're reading the Infinite Frontier one-shot and you yeah, get to the okay. end and you've just got that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, I do really wish that Mitch Garrett's had he, actually done the whole series. busy doing Strange Adventures. <sighs> which is almost done and yeah. I don't know what I'm going to, I don't know how I'm feeling about it so far, but I'm definitely, uh, I'm optimistic. I've subscribed to human target. Oh, okay. Uh, when's that coming out? November, I think. Okay, um, cool. That's an eight issue series again, or maybe a 10. That's fine. Okay. Um, it comes out November 3rd. I'm excited for Tom King to start stretching his legs more. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for him to actually do stuff that, is outside the norm. This Supergirl's great. Oh my god, it's fantastic. I, start... I really, really want Batman Catwoman to end. Yeah, me too. Like, and I don't even hate it. I just recognize that it's it's a lot of that, un not finishing the Batman story arc, and I'm just kind of tired of it now. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. most of his Batman run. This just feels like everything that was wrong with it turned up to eleven. Yeah, I mean, it's not nearly as bad as, like, how I felt with um, Heroes in Crisis. I, they really uh, they really shit the bed with that one. Editorial did, at least. Um, I think that we should move on to Fear State Alpha. Yes, that's. So, first off, I didn't know that Frederico uh, was going to be on this. Close enough. Federici, sorry. <laughs> Um, I'm really enthused about how amazing the art was in this. This is the first time that I've seen these characters look the actually way, like human. The way he draws Scarecrow is great. Oh, it's fantastic. His attention to detail is next level stuff. Yeah. I love it. And Peacekeeper 1, when he's like sort of stood on that rooftop, he looks like a badass motherfucker. Mm -hmm. He looks very menacing. Um, 
this is going to be a really good end to Tinian's run. Uh, I I really want to just point out that that same thing that I love about Batman comics is the use of Gotham's news system. I love that storytelling device. Yeah, well, that's come from like Dark Knight Returns, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, um, Fra- Frank Miller's been using it for years. I think he even did it with some of his Daredevil stuff. But um, the, I feel like Dark Knight Returns is the one where people recognize it from. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, that was that was the big thing. I mean, he carried it on for years to come, even with his Brian Azzarello story. Uh, what did you think? Uh, when you got to the end of this, because by the time I got to the end of this, I keep thinking to myself, I don't really want this to end, honestly. Um, I don't know. I, I was worried about it ending, but now that I know Josh Williams taking over, I know it's in safe hands. It's less about it being in safe hands and more about just the fact that I have been enjoying this run so much that I... I He's such a good writer, and I really wish that he would at least just do this one superhero comic a month, because I've just loved it. Yeah. But at the same time, his creator-owned stuff is amazing, and if we get more of that, then... I can't wait. Like, his Nice House on the Lake is one of the best series I've read in a long, long time. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. It's unique. Um... Yeah, it feels fresh. It feels innovative. Yeah, something's killing the children's great. We got a spin-off of that coming soon. He's ending. Which I finally UFO got the uh, first trade. Have you read it yet? I have read uh, halfway through. I'm going to finish it tonight. How are you finding it? I find it. I mean, I didn't really know what it was. What I was uh, going to expect, but I've really, I've oh, really been enjoying it. It's self-explanatory. Something's killing the children. Yes, that may be true, Sean, but I didn't know that it was going to be about this lady who like works for an organization that hunts down these things. That's awesome. There's a spin-off starting next month I've just subscribed to, dealing okay. with the organization House of Slaughter. Mm. Oh, that's what that is. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's what the free comic book day one-shot was regarding. You know what I have an issue with is, is um, as much as I enjoyed this uh, Fear State Alpha issue... I don't feel like I have really much to say about it, and I don't know how. I don't know what that means. Yeah, it was just a lot of setup for the main event, putting all the characters in place. Yeah, I will say that I I'm enjoying seeing finally what's going on with uh, Poison Ivy because I had no idea what was going on. Is that something that's happening in the Catwoman book? That's I being think, explained. I think so. Okay, you you haven't read it in a minute, huh? No, it's on my okay. list, and I'll get around to it at some point. But yeah, it's not something I've been reading okay. yet. Um, it's kind of nice to see a lot of the other Batman books also get tied into everything here. I'm kind of confused about this Oracle thing, this, uh, being, her being hacked. I, uh, is that tied into the joke? I didn't really, I have no idea. Not that I'm aware of. I assumed it was Scarecrow or Simon Saint. I figured maybe it was Simon Saint, but at the same time, he's been betrayed by Scarecrow. So I guess I'm just wondering if he still has motivation to try to ruin the Bat family at that point. You're you're not remembering about the uh, scarecrow betrayal, huh? That was something in no, last issue, issue that happened. No, 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 I know. That seemed to imply that the future had already been changed. Yeah. I was looking when the um, hacker thing takes over. Just looking at the symbol there, it's like a red eye. 
I'm just thinking Brother Eye. OMAC. Oh. Okay. Maybe. Is Mr. Terrific anywhere? Nope. He's nowhere to be seen. Not for now, at least. Um, I, uh, like I said, I don't really have a whole lot else to say about this. I'm still, it's not really a complaint. It's just a lot of setup, like you said. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like with setup issues, it makes me want to give it like a three out of five if I had to rate it. But I mean, we're not uh, necessarily going to do Are we just bringing it. back ratings for the show now? Well, you for this one specific. You ratings this week. You're, this I'm week not bringing back ratings, but what would you rate this? That's just like how I'm feeling about it right now. I don't. I like rating the whole story arc rather than the actual issues themselves. But yeah, well, I feel like this was sort of a bit of a catch up in case you haven't been reading Batman, but you want to jump on the events. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't read Wonder Girl number three, by the way. Oh, that would have been a real fast read. Yeah, not a lot really happened this issue. I, the best way I can describe this is it's almost like. You're on the uh, teacup ride at Disneyland. So you're coming back, and you're coming forth, and you're spinning around. So it's like we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna spin over here to you know Greek mythology, and then we're gonna spin right back, and you're gonna almost be able to reach some South American mythology, and then we're gonna spin right over here again. We're just kind of spinning around and like cycling through the different mythologies. Mm. I. Have they announced that Joel Jones is going to be hopping off writer soon, or is it that she's going to just do writing and not uh, do art? We'd have Probably to look just at do writing and no art. We'd have to look at the solicitations. Okay. Yeah, there's nothing saying I... that in the issue. I just feel like, as interesting as this character may be. I feel frustrated when something like this happens because DC and Marvel continue to keep introducing really cool, interesting characters and then kind of letting me down. And I'm just, yeah, I don't know. I'm not really all that into it. I wish there wasn't the side plot where they're bringing like every single Amazonian in to hunt her down or chase her. I wish there was more I... room for Yera Flor to be in the comic. Hmm. I wish this was a backup story and you had the main story drawn by Joel Jones and then you had like a four or five page backup story of them chasing after her. Yeah. Instead of it being intercut with a different artist. Yeah. It is very different. But it's yeah. just, the whole Eros plot line feels weird because he just shows up, stabs an arrow in her to make her fall in love with him and he's in love with her. It's the quickest way to get her to follow him to Mount Olympus. Yeah, and he's almost and that a fish was, out of water. I was going to say that's your problem with this issue is it's dealing with Greek mythology again and not. Yeah, well, we get all these different teases of different South American mythology, and they're like, "Hey, we've been waiting for you," and she's like, "Yeah, no, I'm gonna go." Uh, it reminds me of Wonder Woman seven seventy that run right there, mm. where yeah, she's in a new land. She meets a new guy, goes on the adventure, loses him, gonna get him back, whatever. It, it, it's like Bioshock, where it's like there's always a lighthouse, there's always a girl, there's always a Wonder Woman, mm -hmm. there's always some dude. Yeah, it's yeah. just weird how she abandoned um, 
how in the forest. Joel. Yes. Joel. Mm. Like, yeah. See, I feel she, bad she about this because, the, like... I, I'm a head out kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, out. I have no power here. I'll come back. I'll come back for you. I feel like Wonder Woman and Wonder Girl right now are kind of suffering under the same issue. Wonder Girl is definitely a stronger book. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I feel and like... doing stuff with the supporting cast as well, which I appreciate. Bringing Cassie like, and... Don't get me wrong. Wonder Arthur's Woman at least... In is doing something that's kind of different from what we're accustomed to with Wonder Woman. That's that's cool. But at the same time, the way in which it's going is not in a way that is engaging enough for me to want to keep reading it, and that's why I've, I fell off. And well, every time I go back online to read there's it... There's like the six-issue arc where she's in the Norse mythology. Now she's like trying to solve who's killed the Greek gods or something. Yeah. And that just feels generic Wonder Woman. Yeah. yeah. I agree. So this is number three. This is issue number three of the series. Yeah. And it's practically bi-monthly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It Not releases like every six weeks. It does feel like it's been a while. And that's mm -hmm. because it has been. Um, I obviously didn't read it, so I don't have anything to say. Yeah. I think I'm still going to get the next issue. Like it's it's yeah, better than I'm Wonder Woman it was, but Wonder Woman did drop off after like three or four issues. Yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because I was really excited for the Ratatosker uh rat god. Uh sorry, squirrel god to uh interact with the Wonder Woman, but it just didn't get me enough anymore. Alright. Let's let's do uh shout outs. Shout outs. Uh, let's have Sean do yours first, please. Uh, so this week I, oh no, we've got one more book to discuss actually. The prologue issue of Three Worlds, Three Moons by Jonathan Hickman, Mike Huddleston, and, um, Mike Del Mundo. Well, it's just a short, breezy issue. It's eight pages. Yeah, it's the setup to the actual storyline for whenever that comes out, coming only to Substack, uh, yeah. and then later will be published uh, through Dark Horse or Image. I can't remember where. I don't think they've confirmed um, anything as of yet. Yeah, so there we go. And they still haven't come out with the final issue for Decorum. Look, has it gone back while we've been talking? Uh, let's find out. Let's play the game of where is Decorum lately? Yeah, nope. Uh, it does have... Uh... Still October 27th. Yeah, it just, every week it gets moved back a week. Uh, I like the credits here that, uh, they brought in different people to design the, uh, different systems. So, Teeny Howard does one, Ram V does one, Al Ewing does one. Teeny Howard covers magic, Ram V covers money, and Al Ewing covers religion. Is it literally like, here's how the money is going to work in later. this comic, or... I think they're the different worlds, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It, I, I wish it didn't remind me of this, but it kind of makes me think of the uh, Jason Aaron book that was coming out for a bit. I don't know if it's still going on. The uh, Sea of Stars book with um, oh. Dennis Hallam. Okay. That's still happening. It takes breaks in between. Oh. Um, it's not the same thing, obviously, but it's got that you know father-son 
uh, vibe to it with the sort of sci-fi space setting. Um, I will say this, this looks like a more linear story than what's going on with decorum and well, decorum gets maybe pretty, that'll change. Decorum gets pretty linear once you get past like issue two. Well, when I say linear, what I'm saying is like a lot of, a lot of what Hickman does for his storylines are in fact linear. It's just that they're so esoteric, so strange yeah. that it almost makes you feel like you're on an acid trip or something. Um, that's not to say that it's not going from point A to point B. It definitely is. Um, I mean, we're not looking at like a, uh, David Lynch movie or something like that, but this definitely feels like a, uh, traditional, this feels more like East of West than decorum to me. Yeah. Well, uh, Hickman was kind enough to backload all of the graphics and all the information. Mm. You know, you don't really need it until after you've read the uh, first eight pages. Yeah, because it ties into the mission and where they got lost. Do you guys actually read those? Yeah, there's a lot of information. Oh, I don't. So you've got one page that deals with the uh, timeline of the academy. You've got one that deals with a map of the route they took. And you've got one that's just the single mission that the dad went on. Mm-hmm. so it's well i read that part but i guess the a lot of the graphics pages a lot of the time are something that i i have a hard time actually sitting down and paying attention to who would have thunk a guy with adhd no way yeah but it's uh it's just not enough of an engagement most of the time no. like at least with x-men you know digging into a lot of what was going on with the history of these characters was really easy um East of West was really easy to get into those ones uh, just because you have to read those in order to understand the world realistically. Um, and then they had the and, I mean, single one shot, which was called The World. Yep. I don't know. I feel like I'm being uh, critical about something that I, yeah. I'm not giving enough credit to. Well, it might but... have more meaning later on. You can kind of yeah. read between the lines of what you're seeing here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, artistically, I'm excited for what's going to happen, much in the same way that I'm excited to see whatever happens with uh, Geiger. You know, maybe it's going to feel clunky sometimes, but I'm excited for experiments with what you can do with the medium. Yeah. So there's that. So this was the first 10 pages, and they've got yep. some sort of a schedule, maybe, to be broken. Which I want to take this time really quick to just say uh, as a shout out to Sean. Uh, he actually took the time to make his own uh, intro page uh, from this with the stuff that he uh, was able to get uh, in Photoshop. And I really do mean this when I say this. I was giving you a hard time in a rib and I was like, follow your fucking dreams. You actually are very good at doing that. You are good at laying, pa- laying out pages. Yeah, I, I totally believe this was the cover to the comic. Yeah, I, I did too. I was really surprised. What can I say? I'm amazing. <laughs> I'm really not joking. I think that you should build a portfolio at some point uh, because I think that that would be a, a really cool job for you to have. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and enough of me stroking the ego of Sean. Uh, shall we do shoutouts? Go ahead, guys. Cool. Um, Sean, go ahead. Yes, I read Batman Superman this week by Jin Lun Yang. And this is You're finally really, caught up? Yeah. Um, really, really fun story. Very enjoyable. Yeah. Um, introduce a really cool villain, and honestly, it's just a really enjoyable read. 
Cool. This was the I I'm really happy to hear you guys checking up. This was the conclusion Sorry? to the series, right? Yes, this is 16 to 21. Which this was... is uh, another example of Gene Lun Yang having something that he made uh, get shut down a little bit too fast. Well, the end ties into the dark side plot. Oh, interesting. Okay. You've, yeah. you've hooked me. You've hooked me. That's actually... Cool. Yeah, this could have just been a mini-series instead of being like 16 to 21. Yeah. Because it didn't follow on the first 15. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In name only. Right. Yeah. Any other shout-outs for you, my friend? Um, I also started reading a series this week called Barbaric from Vault okay. by Michael Morecci, and it's about a barbarian who has been cursed to only do good. So you can only kill bad guys now, basically. Oh, yeah. That, sounds that was the one with the sword comical. gets drunk, right? Uh, it's an axe. Axe. Right. Um, yeah, it's sentient. It gets absolutely shit-faced when it kills people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it reminds me of a, a manga I read a long time ago called Chronicles of the Cursed Sword. So the guy gets attached to okay. a sword that is sentient. Maybe it's like... Uh, what's that? Uh, Southern Bastards? Is that it? Is that... No. Uh, yeah. That's the Jason Aaron story. Yeah. Or, uh... Oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, I can't remember. I'm sorry. Um, God Country. God Country, yeah. Kind of like God Country. Yeah, kind of. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw Barbaric for a little bit, and I was actually reminded of a Valiant comic from a couple of years back. I think Donny Cates wrote on for a little bit. Um, hmm. can't remember what it's called. About It's about a god, uh... He's an immortal. He's a lot of the cover is him like having multiple arrows and like weapons inside of him, and uh, I can't think of what it is uh, at the moment. But that's what it reminded me of, like that valiant style of weird kind of comic. But uh, would that be almost you, a precursor to God Country? Um, no, because this uh, this was a series that was already established that um, Donny Cates had not created. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe it inspired similar it's, uh, to Power Rangers and Kyle Higgins doing Radiant Black. Maybe. Um, I can't remember the name of the series. All I know is that it's name and name. Um, Franklin and Bash. I'll come back to it at some point. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, uh, Josh, what did you read this week? What do you want to shout uh, out? I don't have any shout outs ready. Um, I, I, okay. I will mention that I did get God Slap in the mail earlier did today. Did you read it? But I haven't had a chance to read it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just got home. We should clarify what that is. Uh, so that's uh, the YouTube channel is Penguin Zero, but I don't know what. His name is Moist Critical. Yeah. So. What's up, guys? It's Critical. Yeah. So he, we could be the first ones to, you know, review Do this. Do a review on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, once I go get it in the mail, I mean, if it did show up, I'll I'll read it with you, and then we can talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Do a little quick thing. Yeah. Did I tell you guys that he actually did a video about my friend? No. One of my classmates in VJ, uh, visual journalism, was uh, crossing the road with his corgi, and the guy didn't stop at the crosswalk and almost ran him over. So my friend flipped him off and started uh, recording because he came back around and tried to start a fistfight with him. Consider that my friend, his name is Drew, he's a little shorter than me, and he's not, like, a big ripped dude. He's not, like, super skinny or anything like that, but he's definitely not, like, super fit or anything. And he's also a college student, and this was a grown, like, 50-year-old man driving a truck. Yeah. And when he finally called him out on it, he just kept recording him. 
Moist Critical found the video and talked about it. It was the funniest thing in the world. Hmm. Yeah, I'll link it to you guys. All right. Um, my shout-outs are going to be Magic Number no. 6 uh, by Jed McKay, Carla Magno and Guara, uh, and Sinister War Number no. 4. Before I go into my rant about Sinister War, I will say this. Magic is continuing to surprise me um, because I didn't actually... I wasn't enthralled with the first issue, but... I think that Jed McKay is really onto something here with this storyline, and I'm actually really pumped to see it. He's taking uh, the planeswalkers, these people who have these magical abilities to traverse reality planes, and having them go up against a elder god, essentially, uh, while still maintaining a lot of presence in a plane called Ravnica, which is uh, a plane of wizards that have... Uh, different orders uh, that come together to keep the peace, basically. But they came into conflict um, because there's a elder dragon whose twin soul splitter uh, is the good version of him, and this one is the bad one. His name is uh, Nicol Bolas. Nicol Bolas started a war. I'm giving a little bit too much backstory. Anyways. It's all vaguely familiar um, based on the cards that I've seen. It's really cool. I really dig what's happening here, and this is my first time actually reading a Magic comic book. I, again, I didn't expect to like it. I've really been enjoying it. I've, I'm I'm actually really pumped to see what happens next. It doesn't follow what's going on with uh, what the Wizards of the Coast is doing for all of the other card sets. You don't need to know anything else about magic mm-hmm. uh, in order to enjoy it. I will say this. If you're a D&D player, uh, they actually had a uh, playbook that takes place on Ravnica. Yep. That's a really easy way to understand what the plot of that is. Who's the uh, creative um, team? On this, it's uh, Jed McKay, uh, and the guest artist here is Carla Magno, uh, with uh, Guara doing art. I can't remember oh, what Guara's okay. first name is. Let's see really quick. It is Ig Guara. Nice and simple. Very strange. Hmm. Um, so, this is my rant about Sinister War. This is characterized as the end of the Sinister War. But I know it's the penultimate issue for the five-issue Sinister War arc. The majority of this series with Spider-Man has been Nick Spencer drawing out what should be point A to point B. And a lot of what this is could have been resolved 50 issues ago, realistically. Um, I would have still enjoyed it if it wrapped up in 50 issues. I would have enjoyed it if it wrapped up in 25 issues. I don't think that this needs 75 issues of Spider-Man comics, plus five uh, issues of this series, uh, several one-shots, and maybe some two- to three-issue side story arcs. A lot of what this issue in specific suffered from is this... In a lot of the ways that it succeeded is a lot of the same ways that it failed. This is a collection of all of Spider-Man's foes coming to battle against him because they're under the control of this centipede guy, uh, whose name is Kindred, who we've discovered is uh, Harry Osborn. Uh, And it seems to have something to do with the deal that was made with Mephisto back in Brand New Day. Um, There's a lot of implications, but it doesn't seem... It keeps teasing you that things are going to go back to the way they were before that point and then not delivering. And if that doesn't resolve by issue 75, I'm going to have more complaints than I ever did before. There's a lot about the rogues gallery for Spider-Man that you can appreciate, not just because they're an interesting, diverse cast, but also because they 
in one way or another have a different relationship with uh, Spider-Man than each other one. It's not just as simple as bad guy punch good guy. And I feel like a lot of what this is is bad guy punch good guy. And that's not really what I want from my Spider-Man comics. Um, the saving grace in this was the relationship between him and Boomerang and him and Doc Ock, hmm. which was interesting. Um, I'm also finding that the use of Doctor Strange, Mephisto, and Spider-Man in this coming out around the same time that the upcoming Spider-Man movie is coming out, probably intentional. So who knows what's going to happen with that? Um, I'm not very happy with how things are being paced, and it's taking a really goddamn long time. So I'm really looking forward to the next creative team. And rant. All right. Uh, when's the next creative team? That will be with issue 876, uh, and it will be a large collection of teams. It's going to include Kelly Thompson. Oh, uh, I okay. believe That's the October stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. So very soon. Um, they have about three two or three more issues of the ma main Amazing Spider-Man story arc uh, before he gets killed. And I use air quotes mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to say this really quick. With how things have been going with Boom and Image, I'm less inclined to get as many DC and Marvel books right now. So I'm definitely going to continue just only collecting Even as those you guys keep uh, as priority. You to get more DC and Marvel books. There are so many four good... issue series, Josh. Four issue series, eight issue series. Those are really easy to get into. How long is Dark Ages supposed to be? Six, seven. Okay. Something like that. Mostly, it's exciting because of Tom Taylor. Mm -hmm. But I know. Yeah. All right. And now uh, we should talk about our picks of the week. Uh, Sean, did you want to do Aquaman at all? Um, it's just a collection of short stories. Some of them are pretty good. Some of them weren't. Okay. Never mind then. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's do our picks of the week. Oh, I will say, however, I did like the Brandon Thomas one, which is leading into the next miniseries. Absolutely. Brandon Thomas is a good writer. Yeah. Cool. Um, go right ahead, Sean. First, you. Oh, pressure. What did I like? Pressure. Under pressure. I mean... Oh, it's got to be many deaths of Layla Star. Yeah, according to our... Good choice. Uh, our ratings out of the week, that has to be it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do the same, actually. All three of us will do it. Hell yeah. We can yes. all we did it guys. We 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 all came to the same conclusion. Yep. And if we hurry up and wrap up, we will finish in less than two hours as well, which will be quite Hell yes. Well, then on that note, let's just call it good here. You don't want to talk about I'm gonna what's say thank you for this week. This coming week. Uh we've got Batman one hundred twelve, we have Nice House on the Lake number four, Infinite Frontier number six. Fuck yeah. Um We get Jeff oh, Lemire's have... Maze Book number one. Yeah, that's exciting. We have The Me You Love in the Dark, number two. Um, Make Suicide break. Squad, Get Joker, number two. We have Blue and Gold, number two. Joker Puzzle Box, number two. Okay. A lot of number twos. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you've been doing today, isn't it? Yes, it is. Oh, oh, oh. Congratulations. Ordinary Gods, number three, which I'm excited for. Yeah. Hell yeah. Kyle Higgins. Um, a bit of a light else. week. Oh, we've got Dead Box number one, which is a Vault comic I'm going to be checking out uh, by Mark Russell. Ooh, I'm going to get that. Yeah, I'll check it out. Dead Box? Good. Thank you for letting me know. 
I did post it in chat. No I know. I didn't look at any of the vault stuff because I didn't know much about vault. I don't know much about them either. They're just an in, uh, independent publisher. I'm going to chase those I didn't down, see it. Probably. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, that's uh, Cult of Comics. This has been the Cult of Comics podcast. This is our comic book club. Uh, and you can check us out on all of the uh, podcast locations. We are now everywhere except for Stitcher uh, and uh, Earwolf. You can check out our YouTube page where we post all of our videos, although those are coming in a little slow. No judgment against Sean. He's kind of busy right now. Uh, you can check us out on anchor.fm. You can subscribe to our RSS feed there. You can also do your monthly contributions there as well as patreon.com slash cult of comics. I want to say thank you to our sponsors for anchor.fm for supporting us this entire time. We've actually been getting a lot more uh, revenue because of the sponsorships with anchor.fm right now although we are looking for more sponsorships as of late uh, we are open uh, for anybody out there who is looking to have a quick spot for us to talk about you on the show um you can check us out support us do all of these things by giving us a like giving us a share giving us a follow but most importantly giving us that dollar because money makes mountains move so thank you very much for checking us out and talk about us to your friends talk about us to your family Anybody who's going to subscribe to our Patreon is going to be able to have access to our Discord chat server, where we will most likely be ripping into me, as seems to be the case for most of the Discord conversation. I don't <laughs> yes. know. It seems like you're trying to rip into us. He's I'm honestly surprised you're not ripping into me more, honestly, at this point. I feel like you're saving the rippings for later. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you're just wholesome. Maybe. Maybe you're just the maybe. nice guy here. And maybe Sean's just a dick. I am. <laughs> I know. Well, that's our show. Thank you very much for checking us out. You can find me on TikTok at Tyler Brown is here where I make occasional videos about uh, comic books. Sometimes I do political stuff. And uh, I'm going to let you guys know in advance some big things have happened uh, are happening right now for me for school. I am trying to get a real job right now at an actual newspaper. So that will probably be taking away some of my time uh, from the podcast here and there. Uh, just trying to make a career in the world. Uh, if this, uh, pans out, I will obviously let you guys know, but, uh, for now we'll just, we'll play it by ear. Yep. Who? The Bellingham Herald. Who? Who what? Who asked? Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Cult of Comics podcast. Thank you very much for checking us out. Stay safe out there. Get your vaccinations, wear your mask outside. All hail and hence. Have an awesome rest of your night. Bye-bye.